Hey friends, I was just reading online that over 50% of podcasts don't make it past the 10th episode, and only 17% have 50 or more. Well, guess what? With this episode, Aromatic Chat is in the 17th percent, because great googly moogly, this is episode number 50. Welcome to Aromatic Chat, the podcast that introduces you to registered clinical and certified aromatherapists around the world. Every other week, I sit down with an amazing aromatherapist to learn about their aromatic journey and how they use essential oils in their lives and their businesses. Aromatic Chat is produced by Lemon Balm Coaching, and I'm your host, Melissa your master transformational coach and registered aromatherapist. I work one-on-one with my clients to help them discover what it is that they want, what is standing in their way, and then to overcome those challenges to have the life of their dreams. I also work with aromatherapy schools as a success coach. If you're a part of an aromatherapy school and you're seeing that your students could use some additional support, please feel free to reach out and let's start a conversation. Would you be open to taking just one minute to leave a review on Apple Podcast? Your review goes a long way toward boosting the podcast's visibility, making my mission of connecting aromatherapists with their ideal client possible. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Dun-da-da-da! Welcome to Milestone episode number 50 aromatic chat with Anita James. I'm ready to jump right in, so let's get started. Hello, Anita. Oh, I'm so excited. Good morning to you. It's morning, correct? Yeah, yeah it's 9 o'clock in the morning. 7 p.m. for me. Same, same day, but 7 p.m. You're in the future. I am. I am talking. I always talk to people from the future. It's really quite interesting. And where are you? I'm the middle of England, so Derbyshire. Okay. Uh, central. Well, I'm so glad that we're social media friends now, and I get to see your pole and aerial <laughs> pictures. Wow. <laughs> you saw me bruises this morning. You wouldn't like it. <laughs> you know, we all start somewhere. We all have to begin at the beginning. Yeah. But I think you just get bruised full stop. I think however good you get, you still get bruised. Well, also, I, I'm assuming we're about the same age. So we're probably, you know, you know, bruising is kind of one of the things that we do at this stage. Yeah. We bruise. It is what it is. <laughs> you know, I don't worry so much. My husband will go, what happened? Well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm constantly making blends to see if it's better than the other blend for bruises. Right. Yes, yes. I'm trying to work out how to get rid of them faster. Yeah, so to have this constant rainbow from purple to yellow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what in the world got you into the type of exercise that you are enjoying right now? Oh, well, I don't know, from... Being a child, if ever I ran away, I always was going to run away to the circus. I never went far. You know, I only ever went to the top of the garden and stayed for about 10 minutes and came back. That was my running away. Um, so I always ran away to the circus. I always had this thing about the circus. Don't know where it comes from, whether there's something in my past, in one of my generations far back, that uh, makes me sort of linked to the circus or something somewhere. And then Obviously, I've been through sort of losing a lot of weight. I've lost 96 pounds in waiting. And I'd always said about pole, this had always in, intrigued me and interested me. And I've looked at it and thought, no, I can't do that. But there are quite a lot of plus size polers now. And a friend does pole. And she always said, when you get to your weight, I'll take it. We'll go. So we went and had what's called a semi private lesson two days before we locked down for the pandemic. So it was sort of like I went and had this wonderful experience, wants to go again, and then we were locked down and tried it and absolutely loved it. Um, and then I started doing hoop. And I I think out of the two at the moment, I love the hoop. It's just a different sort of um, challenge. But I'm also having a go at aerial silks at the moment, which is another challenge entirely. It's like that. I was like, I'm sure I used to get told off for hanging off the curtains when I was a child. <laughs> 
<laughs> not allowed to climb the coat. Come down from there. Come down from there, Anita. Stop that. Oh my goodness. That's yeah, amazing. So, so yeah, I think aerial silks is something that I don't really want to pursue, but it's been nice to have a go. So that's where I've started. I suppose I've always done yoga. The girls that I train with as well, we're all like one big family and there's always cheers and clap go up if you do something, you know, everything's photographed. So you've got this constant record of your progression as well. Wow. And it's so, so, so important to find the movement that you love. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to find where you fit. It's like finding your, one of my friends says, you have to find your tribe. And it is that if you don't feel comfortable, it's not your tribe. Right. Right. I tried going to the gym to work out like in my lifetime. So in my lifetime, like four or five different times, I'd bought memberships to different gyms and it would, I would work, you know, six months to a year. And then it was like, eh, I don't want to keep going. And about the fourth time I finally realized I don't like working out at the gym. Maybe it's finding that what suits you, where you're comfortable, what makes you want to go and do it every day, you know, and it really is that finding. And it's like that with work and everything, isn't it? You know, one of the girls that's one of the instructors, and she said, I think part of it was finding, do something you love as a job, because then it's not a job. It's not a chore, it's not a task, because you love doing it. So it's just something that you really enjoy doing. So you just get so much out of it. And everybody that you come across gets so much out of it as well. Could you imagine if we had a world full of people who were doing what they loved? It would be absolutely amazing. But I know, you know, there are a lot of people doing jobs that they don't love and don't want to do. Yeah. It's very difficult. You know, I've been there once. Oh, this is not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to come on to Aromatic Chat. I want to let you know that this is going to be a milestone episode. It's going to be episode number 50 for me. And that's a big milestone. I uh, read another statistic just today that most people don't even make it to 10 episodes when they start a podcast. They give up before 10 uh, because it's a lot of work. I mean, it it's a labor of love. You have to love what you're doing, just like we were talking about. And if you don't enjoy it, you're going to be like, forget this. It is way too much work. But this is going to be episode number 50, five zero. I'm so excited <laughs> to have to have you on for this episode. So thank you. So I was looking at your website and I love that you have the IFPA banner just right there on the, at the very top of the page. Uh, because when I, you know, graduated from my school at ACHS, American College of Healthcare Sciences, they do recommend absolutely that you join an association. And AIA and IFPA were the two that I looked at mostly because I love the international aspect of it. Because mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going to live. Who knows where I'm going to end up? I don't know. I mean, I have a plan, but that plan can change. So I was like, I definitely need an international one. So I've been a member of AIA for quite a while, but IFPA is always on my radar as a, an additional association that I want to join. So I'm just, I was very excited when I pulled up your website and saw the IFPA banner up there at the top. It's something that I've always been a member of, and obviously I've been on their council or board or um, whatever the term we use for it now. And I've done education and I've done CPD chair and I did vice chair for a little while. And it is something that is important. And I think because my school is accredited by them, it shows the standard of education you know, and it gives people a membership to belong to. They can become a member. And I think it's important to be a professional member of an association so that you're with, as you've just talked about, your tribe. Um, you have got, you know, ways of networking with people. You've got an association. You've got an affiliation. And it shows the standard that you're educated to. Obviously, AIA that you just spoke about, you know, I'm an AIA member been on the board of the AIA as a general board member and as vice president and I've been part of the education and conference committees as well so so I'm very much involved in the AIA you know I'm not on any of the committees or anything at the moment with the AIA because I've decided to sort of take a step back and just have some time for me um, and just have a think about you know what I want to do with aromatherapy going forward. That's very important to take those 
those times because I need to figure out my focus Mm -hmm. and our visions change. Our focuses change. Um, Even though it's, you know, we're still aromatherapy, you know, but want to do this instead, want to focus over here. So it's really important that we do take those times to say, no, not right now. Yeah. I think in our society, we think we just need to add more and more and more and more in instead of taking that step back. So I applaud you for doing that. That's amazing. That's good. Yeah. And that's really been that step back. Obviously I've done the floristry training. So, you know, it's that sort of, um, the two things that I thought about obviously when I had career change are now in place, you know, it's taken a long while to get the floristry in place and my thoughts have been gone. Um, so today, what I would love for you to do, uh, is to share your aromatic journey because I believe the story is what matters. The story is what connects us and the story is what makes it possible for people to go, I know Anita James because I heard her story. How did you get involved in aromatherapy and end up where you are? Yeah, strange journey. I've always been a gardener from being a very small child. I've been out in the garden initially with my granddad uh, who had a greenhouse and I used to go and help. I don't think I was helping, but it was surrounded by roses. So the smell of roses is always there for me. So I've got so many memories. I'm making rose petal perfume when I was a child, you know, in the jam jars with the water. And, you know, but what I realise now is we were just the heat. I was just the heat missing to get the hydrosol. You know, I just needed the heat. So I suppose it's always been there and a love of perfumes and a love of smells because my mum worked in a very traditional chemist that had lots of cabinets with bottles in and sometimes I used to get a sort of perfume tester as a present um you know when they were changing the testers over in the cabinets so I suppose it's always been there when I left school I did a fashion course and then went to work in a hosiery uh, environment so I programmed hosiery machines I got married and uh, five was a five months pregnant um my husband had a bit out of the mid- nowhere uh, and was diagnosed with brain tumour so the enemy was born in May which was two days before we'd been married a year we've been together a long time we've been together about 10 years so enemy was born then um, and they died in the October so I then went back to work in the December because from maternity leave I was I was still on maternity leave and then in the January I was made redundant I came home thinking, right, what do I do now? <laughs> this is a bit of a shocking time. It's just like, looking back, I think, how did I survive it, really? How did I survive all that? But I did. And I've been going with work. Work was stressful. So I used to go to an aromatherapist who was Shirley Price trained. So sort of when I came home, I thought, I'll have a few months at home. You know, I'll be a mum, which I did. And it was sort of one of those things I thought, I really can't do this full time. You know, it's really not for me. So I thought, right, where do I go? What do I do from here? So the choice was either aromatherapy, herbalism or floristry. Floristry meant getting up early in the morning as well, which, you know, with a young baby really wasn't an option at that time. So I chose aromatherapy and I chose Shirley Price training because the aromatherapist I went to was Shirley Price training. Always envisaged that I would just, you know, have a practice at home or I would have a, you know, a room as part of a well-being centre or something. It was what I did. I had a practice at home because I could fit it around, better me being, you know, at school. Um, and then I did have a room in a, a, a salon for a while. Veronica Sibley, who was further aromatherapy at that time, who had, had trained me at Shirley Price, she asked me if I'd do some CPD work for her. So, okay, so I, was, I did my teaching degree and I was doing some work with external examining as well. So I did some work in Hong Kong for people and career. So I started to do my, my travels. And at the same time as well, I was a friend was um, acting head at one of the primary schools near me. And they were talking about holistic strategies, uh, perfumed candles and things like that. Now, can you see perfumed candles in classrooms with small children? Because I could just see the fire brigade. Right. <laughs> those, I, could, I had visions of the fire brigade as well. So we talked about it. And by the time we sort of worked around it, and by the time uh, we'd sort of come to some ideas with it, uh, the headmistress was back. So we talked to her. And I set off doing this sort of trial in the school of putting aroma streams in the classrooms and working with specific children with blends as well. 
So, of course, as soon as one school gets it in, then they're, they're in a cluster of schools. So the next one, the next one. So it sort of grew. And I was in more and more schools. And then I got picked up by Positive Play, which is a sort of umbrella for the sensory education in schools uh, within Derbyshire Council. So I was doing quite a lot of work, but I, it was sort of that one of those. This is where I got my title from. If you've ever heard me speak, I was in the supermarket one night and this little voice said, Mom, that smell woman. So I became smell woman. <laughs> you know, and it was like a friend drew me smell woman and made a little video. Um, and IFPA, it was their conference. So they asked me to speak about smell woman. So I started the adventures of smell woman. And Laura Cantelli saw me speak at the conference and asked me to go to the AIA and do the adventures of smell woman. So over the years, there's been various adventures of smell womans and the further adventures of smell woman. So that sort of time as well, I was looking and thinking, right, what do I want to do? Um, and then I decided that IFPA were looking at online learning uh, mm -hmm. as an option. I'd got the computer skills from doing the programming. So it was like, right, can I do it? So, so yeah, I became the first um, IFPA online accredited school for the aromatherapy only. Obviously, the massage you have still have to come and do with me. But I became the, the first online accredited uh, school. So, and that's really, I mean, I, I still do work in schools, but there's been changes in the funding. So it's meant that they're not willing to fund as much. So I've been and done some recently, mm -hmm. uh, which is lovely to be back in the schools and seeing, you know, how it works with children who have no sort of perception of smell and what it can do. And they just like the smell and, it, you know, we can work out with them a blend. And, you know, it, I've now been working sort of one to one with a couple of children as well, which has been really nice as well, sort of creating them a blend for them, because over the years, what I had to, ended up doing was making a set of generic blends so we've got a concentration and a calming um, and a release and there's all different ones that we use so within the school so so really that's been my journey you know and along the way I've sort of decided that I've got a very large allotment which is a sort of bit of land that I rent uh, I think you call them community gardens in America so there's been more and more aromatherapy things grown on there and I've got a still so we do some distillation but obviously I decided after going and doing a cut flower day at Chatsworth House, uh, I was talking to one of the florists and telling her sort of I'd chosen between aromatherapy and floristry. And as, as she walked away, she went, you chose wrong. So I was like, oh, so, so I was like, right, do I really want to do some floristry training? So I went and did my level one and level two floristry training over the last couple of years. So That's beautiful. Well, you, I want to say you didn't choose wrong. <laughs> no, no. You chose what was right for you at that time and has and that has made it possible for what you're doing in the aromatherapy mm. world to happen because because I did look at your website. You've got continuing professional development. You've got massage training, which by the way, I loved that because you can do all the book work online and then just come to you mm. for the actual hands-on stuff. That's awesome. I've been yeah. looking for something like that. <laughs> so Do boot camp with me. <laughs> I just thought that was amazing. Uh, you've got, you know, all your A&P courses on there, all these just amazing things in one place that people can go to. Oh, I just love that. And then now because you're, you've done this for so long, you've created this beautiful thing. Now you can do the other, the other option that you mm -hmm. had. Because we are women, we can do everything. We just can't do it all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's great. That's great. Yeah. So you're still going to get to do the other thing, which I think is yeah. wonderful. Thank you for sharing your story. Uh, the catalyst to moving you into aromatherapy wasn't very great, but you took what was handed to you and you ran. And I love that. I love that you ran to aromatherapy and made something beautiful. We'll be back after a quick break. 
Hey friends, if you're an aromatherapist, here's something really important that you may not have been taught in aromatherapy school. Connecting with other professional aromatherapists is really important to the health of your practice. Why? Because our brains are designed for connection. Connection, team, clan, tribe, core group, no matter what you call it, it's about survival. When you are isolated, it's easy to become discouraged and feel like nothing you're doing really matters. But when you're connected, and part of a larger group focused on the same goal, you're energized, and maybe you even feel invincible. Well, coming up September 26th through 28th, you have a chance to be a part of a community of aromatherapists at the Aromatics in Action International Conference, Embracing and Composing Sustainable Aromatics in Nashville, Tennessee, USA, brought to you by the Alliance of International Aromatherapists. The AIA is bringing together industry leaders and educators, as well as exhibitors, at their first post post-pandemic in-person conference. There will also be on-demand sessions to add more learning opportunities and continuing education. I invite you to visit alliance-aromatherapist.org and sign up today. That's alliance-aromatherapist.org or visit the link in the show notes and sign up today to join the AIA and be a part of the tribe. Yes, it was just, it seemed the natural thing to do. And within the going to aromatherapy, it's opened the uh, ability to help other people as well that are going through journeys that they don't quite know where they're going and they don't quite know where they're going to end up and have had some huge life change. And I think as well with working in the schools, I work with children who are having a rough time or not coping well. And you see them flourish, really, with just a tiny bit of nurture and a tiny bit of love, um, you know, and the aromatherapy. It really does make some of them. You see them grow into some amazing children that it really could have gone the wrong way uh, with some of them. But just that that nurture and the oils and the, you know, them having even just a hand massage every day from one of the, you know, support workers yeah. or whatever you know, really does give them that positive touch and that nurture that they just need. You know, and Yeah, we all need connection. But because kids haven't learned how to self-regulate and, and all of that on their own yet, their need for connection, I won't, I'm not going to say is greater than ours, but it's more evident. Yeah. I think it's, we've learned how to, we've learned how to mask our own needs where kids haven't learned how to do that mm. yet. And they, their, their need is just so evident. So thank you for what you're doing in the schools and for everybody out there who's working in the schools. Wow. I can't even, yes. it's not for me. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. You come across some wonderful thing, you know, sort of children that are so, you know, will take everything in and they love it. And it's, you know, um, and so positive about what's happening, but you look at actually where they're coming from. And they're coming, you know, out of houses where there's, you know, domestic violence, there's drugs dealt, uh, you know. And how do you tell a child that drug taking is not, you know, not acceptable when it's done in front of them every day? You know, and right. it's that whole what we see as a normal life may be incredibly different to what a child sees as normal life. Yeah. You know, and that, is, that, that was a huge lesson for me because what they see as a normal life is far, far from what we envisage as a normal life sometimes, you know, yeah. how do they cope with that and how do they find some way of, you know, happiness and just, as you say, self-regulating and, and dealing with things that stress them and things that worry them, you know, because sometimes I think they are more actually the parent than the, the, the child, you know, they're actually um, yeah. looking after the parent. And there are, you know, a lot of cases where, parents are ill and the child is a carer you know even at a very young age and that compassion and empathy for mm. these children who are going through situations that I mean would be difficult for anyone to yes. go through yeah that's yeah. that matters so much that compassion and empathy yeah yeah, yeah. so thank you yeah. I would so you've been practicing aromatherapy for quite a while and I would yeah. love to hear without obviously sharing personal information what is your favorite client story 
I've got a funny client story. And oh, I love funny things. I love, I love funny. When I first qualified, I did one or two sort of of the Christmas fairs and things offering hand massage to gather clients, you know, to give cards out to sort of say, I'm here, I'm practicing. And I had a gentleman come to me and make an appointment. And I'd, I'd known him for years and years and years. He lives close by to me. And he came for a back massage, made an appointment for a back massage, came and I took all his details and he, you know, quite healthy, quite, you know, sort of um, fit. And I said, why are you here? I said, because you're really, you know, what do you, what do you want from your treatment? And he said, I just want me back massage because I've got a stressful job and I just want you to sort of, you know, release my muscles and make me feel relaxed. He said, my wife won't do it. He said, so... He said, I know you won't offer me anything other than massage. He says, and if you do, I should tell your mother, because my mum lived close where. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> I just looked at him and burst out laughing. And it was like, we went on this premise for years and years, and then my mum died. And when he came the next time, I said, I could offer you anything now. And he said, I know, but you wouldn't. <laughs> I said, no, I wouldn't. And I never would have done it, but, but it was that. And I think it was quite interesting that as a male client, you know, as female therapists, we're worried about, you know, male clients sometimes. But it showed me that male clients are sometimes worried about going for a massage because of how massage is perceived by a lot of people. And yeah. I think that was a real learning curve for me. And over the years, he sent quite a few of his friends and things that need the back sorting out. Oh, God, an eater will sort you back out. You know, okay, I'm safe. <laughs> so, and I think my, my big um, learning curve and the big, one of the things that I thought, yes, that really did serve. I had, when I was working in one of the nurseries, uh, one of the little boys that was there had got really bad eczema he was covered in it I went I was in one day and mum came to me and she said I've been talking to the staff and they said that you you see private clients so I said yeah so she came bought him uh, and I think he was about three at the time and he was literally covered head to foot in eczema mum it turned out was a ward sister at one of the local hospitals but she said I just she said all we're doing is we're in this hydrocortisone cream, antibiotics, constant cycle. Should, and I know it's not good for him and I don't want to do it. And should, so I'm looking for other options. So because the eczema was so bad, what I started with, and it took a while, and I said, I'm really sorry, you know, it may take a while with this, but just stick with it. We started with just a base cream and I tried that on his skin on a little patch to make sure it didn't irritate. Then I put calendula oil in it and made sure that didn't irritate. And then I started very slowly to add the essential oils in one at a time. So I could pick out exactly what was going to irritate or what was causing the reaction. So I could pull it out. I was so careful with it. And it took us about three or four months. But mum really held a nerve that this was going to work because you could see slowly over time it started to work. And then when we got the blend she started to play all over and we cleared it down to one patch on his leg that we used to sort of chase up and down his leg and then I dropped the dilution down uh, and she used to use it for three weeks and a week off or five days and two off depending on what the eczema was like and the, the time of year because we found out there was definite times a year where it was worse and would get breakouts and then slowly over time he grew out of the eczema uh, and he went to university this year so that's <laughs> You know, he was like 18 years old. It was like, I've seen him come through. And, you know, so to when we got him to about seven or eight years old, it was almost as if he'd grown out of it. But then mm -hmm. occasionally she used to phone and say, can I bring him because we've got a breakout again. But it was that wonderful journey with him of watching it sort of change and him get better, you know, and this sort of tiny patch that remained for years and then it just disappeared. And it was like almost he'd grown out of it. That's amazing. And that's one of the things... I love about what we do with aromatherapy because it's more than just it here's an oil, rub it on your body. You'll be fine. It's a relationship that you've built with that yeah. family. Yeah. And this yeah. young man who went off to university this year knows he knows when I have a flare up, I'm not going to go to the doctor 
Yeah. I'm going to go yeah. to Anita or I'm going to find an aromatherapist yeah. near me and, and get what I need Yeah, because yeah. he's had that relationship with you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And it was such a long term, you know, and it, there were times that, you know, mum had to take him to the doctors and a couple of times we had uh, antibiotics and things, but the actual antibiotic re- use was reduced to virtually nil. Uh, to what it had been because it had been a constant cycle of antibiotics hydrocortisone you know but interestingly when my son went to university I gave him a pack of essential oils and things to take with him and the first time he had a cold he said I'm using the Raven Sara (laughs) good young man good young man (laughs) using the Raven Sara you gave me or somebody cut themselves we use the lavender on it (laughs) <laughs> he was dosing everybody in the flat he lived in at one stage. <laughs> like, That's everybody, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, but he's grown up with it, you know. Obviously, you know, he was about a year old when I started training. So, are you still practicing aromatherapy, or is it really yeah. about teaching now? No, I still practice. Uh, I've still got my regular clients, and I have made recently the decision on the treatment website, which is a separate one that I'm not accepting new clients unless they come by referral. So either known to me or from, you know, some, some other therapist that refers them to me. What's the most common problem that people come to you with? Oh, I think it's sort of shoulder. I seem to have a quite a few bad shoulders, mm. bad necks, bad shoulders. Um, but it's, like, like frozen, frozen shoulder or just, tension in shoulders uh usually from jobs people do so they're either doing a heavy job or they're hunched over a computer all day yeah and we're all sort of we all sit like that don't we uh and we all know to roll our shoulders back but we don't (laughs) and we all know to sort of get up and have a walk around but we don't hold on a second hold on a second Uh, yeah (laughs) Yeah, roll them back touch your shoulder blades together on the way back (laughs) but yeah it is that and I think with people working at home more I've seen you know that obviously during COVID people work from home so they sat on the settee or they weren't in the right chair or they're not for the right high desk you know and that has brought a lot of other you know sort of niggles with shoulders and aches and pains and bad necks and things they're all those just sort of simple niggles I think sometimes with people beautiful what's your favorite essential oil do you have one because like I could answer that question I have a favorite what's your favorite yeah, I've got two two favorites okay two favorite rose because it has just so many memories for me of childhood and then one of the things I always said I wanted to do was to go to Bulgaria to the rose harvest uh, and I went twice and it was an amazing experience that I would say to anybody, if you ever get the chance to go to Bulgaria or wherever where they're harvesting roses, it's just an amazing experience. The first time uh, we went as part of a tour, uh, but I knew the lady that ran the tour as well. So two years later, I went back and just stayed with her for a few days and we went over into the Rose Valley and they're actually finishing the harvest. So there won't there wasn't the big harvest going on but the first time we went we went to the rose festival we went to the distillers we went up into the mountains it was just a, a an amazing experience where we stayed in a very traditional hotel with a family that had got rose rose fields they distilled they also sold into the cooperative so what they used to do was put the extra eight picking aprons out on the table on the outside table where we ate uh, at night and if you wanted to go up with the pickers you had to be up at half past four stood at the table at quarter to five to go up with the pickers and you could go up and pick with the pickers uh, and then come back down again when you'd had enough um, and I got up I think it was about three times uh, and went up with the pickers um, just to have the whole experience of picking with the pickers um, wow. was a wonderful wonderful thing to do yeah the smell was just amazing all the time and when we went to the Rose Festival, as they walked through, we went to two festivals. We went in the morning to the small village festival, which was sort of around the fields. And then all the people in traditional costume uh, and traditional musicians and everything then went into Kazanlak, which is one of the centres of the Rose uh, industry. 
and they all there were these huge parades and they were throwing rose petals up into the air and the the streets were covered with rose petals at the end of it you wonder how many thousand pounds worth of rose petals were down on the floor uh but the smell again was absolutely intoxicating it was just the most amazing thing and it was that sort of whole experience of the roses and adding to this sort of rose smell that I'd always been surrounded with uh, and I did go to France to a rose festival I had a student in France down near Grasse and she said oh, we have a rose festival so I did go and stay with her for a few days and went to the sort of small rose festival that they had in their village which was another wonderful experience but wow. obviously in Bulgaria it's the Damascena and in France it tends to be the Centifolia so slightly different roses but uh, yeah yeah rose would be my my go-to always because it has so many memories for me within it uh, and my other one is Mei Chang because mm. it just reminds me of lemon sherbet sweets <laughs> is that I mean I'm, yeah they always used to say it's you know happy oil um, and it is it's that wonderful lift of that happiness and that sort of you know wonderful sort of lemon lemon sweet smell and um, one of my favorite blends is May, May Chang and Frankincense together. Mm. Gorgeous blend. Yeah, a real supportive blend, but a real uplift in it as well. I got a little bit anxious when you were talking about them throwing rose petals and just rose <laughs> petals being on the ground because I'm like, <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, uh, but, but they're so abundant there. Like they're, not, they're, not, they're not, they don't hoard them like we do. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm definitely a rose order. I'm like, is there something else I could use or does it need to be rose? So, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, I was thinking, call those petals in the air. <laughs> call those petals on the road. <laughs> Get a little broom and start sweeping them up. <laughs> yeah, and I have some of the Damascena Kazanlak roses on my allotment. So, you know, that's always the... Yeah, friends come and uh, we pick and distill and we make jam and syrups and all sorts out of them and put them in, put rose petals in honey. Have you ever done that? Yeah, put and just let rose them, petals. yeah. Yeah, that is good. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. What are you working on right now that's got you really excited? Oh, I'm sort of planning and looking and refreshing and thinking, oh, We'll do that and we'll add that. And I'm looking at sort of changing the, the diploma around a little bit. I'm going to, you know, go through, refresh the content and refresh how it's presented as well. That's important because aromatherapy is always evolving. Yeah. Yeah. And there is so much now, new research, new books, um, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, I'm a bit of a book buyer, a bit of a book holder. I've got lots I, of books. I, I struggle with that also. Um, I told myself I have to get, I have to get down to only two books in that pile before I will allow myself to buy another one because otherwise I'll just keep buying them. And I do read them, you know, I'm working, I work my way through them, but when I'm reading for content, I'm very slow Yeah, um, because I'm underlining yeah. and I'm taking notes and I'm really digesting it. It takes forever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. It's like, right, okay, I'll read so many pages today and then make the notes in there, especially if I'm doing the book reviews. Yeah. So to try and sort of be uh, structured in how much I read a day and what notes I make and then I start and sort of put it all together in a book review. But yeah, there's sort of reading for fun. There's always books about uh, reading. For, and I've usually got two on the go, which isn't good. <laughs> what, what do you like to read for fun? The sort of chick type things, mm-hmm. but with a sort of, Maggie Alderson is one of the authors I love. Something about perfume, uh, mm. scent of perfume or something. And I read that recently. And it's about a, a blogger, a perfume blogger. So oh. it's all the smells and things. It's a wonderful book. And it was one of those I kept thinking, I really wanted to keep reading it. And I kept thinking, no, I want to savor it a little bit. It was a, there was a sort of a love story behind it. But she was a perfume blogger. And Maggie Alderson came out of the fashion industry, I think, and... Uh, has been one of the uh, editors of one of the glosses. So there's a lot of her books are sort of fashion related. And obviously, you know, having been in the, the textile industry. Right. Um, and I have an interest in fashion as well. How do you anticipate? I mean, you, I know you just said you're going to revamp the courses and everything, but how do you anticipate your practice changing as you move forward? I think I'm starting to do less massage. 
So I have been doing more perhaps reflexology and putting aromatherapy, sort of the Swiss reflex, which has gone back to really what I was training with was Shirley Price. So I've been doing more of the Swiss reflex and looking at, you know, giving people treatments to use at home as well, because obviously I've had to shorten the treatments down. It's like, right, okay, if you do this at home, then we're going to benefit. And, you know, it's people have been able to access aromatherapy like that through the lockdowns. I think it's always making people aware that it's them that brings the the healing the change about not you know it's not me I facilitate them doing it um you know same as the students I always say you know it's you that does the learning I just take you along the journey I hold your hand along the journey and give you the information and how you use that information will be unique to you every student has their own learning journey and they come to me for their own reasons the online learning allows you to have that very personalized journey you can be part of a group because we do the the training sessions online so you can come and sort of be part of a group so you're supported but it also allows you to either focus in or be as broad as you want right you know you can make it very specific to something we've got a couple of students at the moment who are midwives who want to be very midwife you know sort of look at that bit of aromatherapy Whereas I've had a couple of other midwives who wanted to look at the whole span because they wanted to expand out into conception and after. Beautiful. Well. So, so yeah, that's amazing, and and that's another thing I love about aromatherapy. There's so many ways. Yeah. So many ways that we can use it. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Where do you see aromatherapy heading? I would love to see us becoming more international and all of the associations talking and getting some, yeah, us all working together to get some framework in place. Obviously, every country has the oils they use Mm -hmm. and they have specific things. So, you know, obviously in Asia, there's more of the Chinese medicine element, the, you know, the traditional medicine with us, it's the herbal you know, background. So there is that, I think, a framework that can be adjusted to suit the continent, the country, but to have that basic framework that's accepted by all aromatherapy associations Mm -hmm. to give us a baseline of this is what aromatherapy is, this is where we start from, these are the levels, and to work from there and to give us some levels as well the the basic education and then the next level you know the clinical and obviously anybody that wants to use internal use has got to be right at the top and understand you know how the body works possibly have a medical qualification uh you know but to have that framework in place would be amazing and i can i think is really doing a great job of starting to build that bridge yeah because it's not yeah, not yeah. affiliated to any particular association. Yes. It is generic. It's a, a platform that gives access to professional aromatherapists to be together, to grow together, to learn together, take aromatherapy forward. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. How can people find you? Uh, like we talked about a little bit about your courses and, and things like that. How can people find you if they're interested in your courses or if they're interested in getting a blend or something from you? I must admit, I'm not very good on social media. I have these wonderful times when I'm really, 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 you know, on it. Essentially Holistic is my company name. Uh, Essentially Holistic Online Training is the website with the training on it. There is an essentially holistic Facebook page, but it's not very current. I will admit that one. And on Instagram, I am Aromatic Allotment, which is my floristry adventures, really. If you want to see my floristry and food adventures, (laughs) I'm Aromatic Allotment. I think everybody is getting uh, a little tired of, well, I can't say everybody. The people that I talk to are just really done with the social media thing. Mm. Yeah, we have our pages and yeah, we show up, but it's not like, it's not my life. No, Instagram is not my life. All these, I have so many parts of my life. That's just one very small part. Um, So yeah, I don't think you should feel bad for not being, you know, fully Mm -hmm. present on social media. I don't think that's a bad thing. 
No, no, because I think it's just that I'm sort of what they call wintering at the moment. There is, I'm reading a wonderful book called Wintering, and it's these mm. sort of that we have these periods of rest, and we absolutely, um, it's one woman's journey through her wintering. Uh, and I'm, you know, I can really sort of say, yeah, that's, you know, we need to rest, we need to recuperate. That's why we've got different seasons. And that's yes. why, you know, we grow and we, in the winter, we, you know, hibernate down and hunker down and yes. have some time to sort out what we want to do again before the energy starts to grow again and off we go. Right. Uh, you know, and I think we have those cycles. All the work that you're doing. And your circus adventures are very inspiring. <laughs> I mean, I'm so glad that we are social friends and I get to see the things that you're doing because I love it. I just think it's great. Um, but I'm curious who inspires you. Rhiannon is just amazing and is the mother of aromatherapy. Same as Robert is the father of aromatherapy, really. They're the ones that lead me, you know, and they're the ones that sort of obviously, you know, keep us in, in check and sort of hopefully usher us all forward in the same direction. Personally, I think it's one of those, I look at the older women that are in just general life, like Helen Mirren and Judy Dench, Jane, Dane, Judy Dench. And I just look, look at them and they are so fabulous. And they are those, we are, you know, becoming more accepted as women as we get older you know that this is you know I don't think that I'm aging <laughs> sort of disgracefully or gracefully um but you know I don't feel my age definitely and I think it is as women they are the people that inspire us and hopefully show the world that as we age we become in a lot of respects more beautiful because we've got the life journeys as well with us and we've got the experience but I think you know Robert and Rihanna and all the people that inspire aromatherapy and just you know make me think yeah you know uh, they are the ones that guide us awesome and as we uh, prepare to close I just want to hand the floor over to you if there's any final words that you have uh, any inspiration or anything you'd like to share my partner Pete is wonderful at supporting me and watching me do things and he's always there with a wise word and I was talking about something one day and I said oh I don't know and he said always regret doing something never get to a point and regret not doing it which has led me on all sorts of adventures really (laughs) but I I mean I don't know if it is a quote from somewhere or just something he said one day but it it sticks in my mind and it's that what's the one about wings oh what if I fall but oh what if you fly that one as well you know never be frightened you know and I know I've taken a couple of wallops on the floor recently in my aerial adventures. You know, one head first down, one back down. But you did it. Uh, but I did it. Yeah. And it just made me think, right, okay, I need a map next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those, the crash mats. We always say, we'll get the crash mats out. And the instructor, bless her, will say, they're not crash mats because we're not going to crash. <laughs> so my son said, no, they're vertical kinetic energy arresting devices. <laughs> there, there, there we go. They're not crash mats. But, you know, it is that there is always a crash mat there. There's always something to catch us when we fall. But there is always that chance that you are going to absolutely fly. <laughs> oh, Anita, thank you so much. You're welcome. Anita said something in our time together today that I wanted to highlight. Every student has their own unique learning journey. I think as a society, we like to be able to put each student into a neat little box, one that makes it possible for us to teach in just one way. But online learning has not only said that everyone doesn't fit into that neat little box, we've actually cast it aside and now our cats are using them for their beds. I was so thankful to find an online platform when I went to school for aromatherapy. Even though I had some challenges getting up to speed, since the last time I was in school there was no internet, the experience was amazing and has led me to be able to enjoy so many other online opportunities. I wanted to let you know, if you're older and maybe thinking about going back to school, you can do it. Yep, I just became your cheerleader. Trust me, if I can step into the online platform after 20 plus years, it is possible for anyone. This is one of those things that you could regret doing instead of regretting not doing it. 
I'm so glad you joined me today as I chatted with Anita James. I will share all of the links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave a review on Apple Podcast. Aromatic Chat is produced by Lemon Balm Coaching. Lemon Balm Coaching offers personalized, transformational coaching to one-on-one clients and also success coaching for aromatherapy students. If you're struggling and in need of support, or you are an aromatherapy school, you'll want to connect with me, your holistic life coach and registered aromatherapist on the web at lemonbalmcoaching.com. If you would like to be a guest on the show, just click the link in the show notes to get that conversation started. I will see you next time with our next episode. Until then, peace, love, and aromatics. Hey friends, I want to introduce you to Blend Precisely, the software business toolkit for aromatherapists, herbalists, and formulators. When I first started out as a practitioner, I used spreadsheets, Word documents, my calculator, all of my safety books, and that was before I ever opened up a single bottle of essential oil to create a blend. Seriously, it took at least 20 to 30 minutes for every single blend that I made for my clients or my family. Whether you're a seasoned practitioner or you're just starting out, Blend Precisely will take the guessing out of the safety issues and let you focus on creating beautiful blends with ease. No more using multiple different programs to get your blends ready to go safely and effectively. Everything is calculated for you inside Blend Precisely. Dilution, percentages, chakras, perfumery notes, pricing, milliliters, ounces, grams, and more. Blend Precisely incorporates Tisserand's safety information so you never have a question again. There's no more guessing. One toolkit for everything. The best part about Blend Precisely is that it's not just a program that you sign up to use and then have no support. There is constant support from the creators Katrin and Seth Burkholz. They have videos every week on their Facebook page, YouTube channel, and they even have a Facebook group for members of their community. I want you to know that Blend Precisely has a 14-day free trial. I suggest that you sign up for the trial, pull out some of your favorite blends, and input them into the program and see what happens. Maybe even create a few new ones. Maybe even create some stock blends. And see how Blend Precisely can support you in your aromatic life and business. I'm sharing with you my affiliate link to try out Blend Precisely risk-free for 14 days. Just click on the link to check out the software business toolkit for aromatherapists, herbalists, and formulators. And then use this toolkit to blend precisely.